0: listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. On today's program, we're going to explore further, analyze, but most importantly, I'm going to endeavor with your help and participation and prayers. I'm going to endeavor to take what could be considered very large concepts in fact, giant, overarching concepts, um, years and years ago. It's amazing, and this has probably happened in your life too. Years and years ago, I submitted a manuscript for one of my uh, earlier books. This was decades ago, and I was still an un- unknown aw- author, although I I had a few contacts to endorse me that were some of the biggest Christian authors around. Anyway, um, I sent in my manuscript to this uh, reputable publisher, and uh, didn't hear from them. And then by accident the The two guys that ran the company uh they distributed the responsibilities a little bit differently, so the guy who was in charge of the intense editing, et cetera, they sent back my manuscript, but they accidentally enclosed in the package they sent back to me was an in-house letter or a long in-house memo that was absolutely not intended for me to see at all, or for anybody to see, except outside of the two guys who ran this publishing house. <laughs> well, I read the thing, man. And uh, it's amazing how many people there are standing in line that, that want to tear you up. But basically, the criticisms came down to this. McGuire and I'm loosely paraphrasing McGuire uh, he, he's, he's taken on way too big of a picture. Uh, you know they wanted somebody to focus in on a specific area now, generally speaking that's probably generally speaking that's probably the way to go but But that has never been my orientation or emphasis and I've been criticized from early childhood uh and up into the present time, and through my entire life, I have often been criticized for taking on the big giant picture, in other words the way my mind works is like, I'm interested in everything, basically. And so what I try to do is with the Lord's leadership, guidance, and direction is to research those categories, those topics, whether it's in science and history, technology, theology, the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, and it goes on and on and on. And then most people pick one specific category, which again, uh, I would acknowledge is probably It's probably the safer way to go, okay? But but we live in an age now of such complexity that, you see, God gives us all different gifts, different mental capabilities, different uh, assets, you know, stuff like that. You have your plus and minus column. I have my plus and minus column. But we all have different gifts, and we're all placed down here for a different purpose and a different call. So they ripped me to shreds. I mean, I just sanitized the feedback for you. They ripped me to shreds. And back in those days, you know, I was up in the Hollywood Hills on Lookout Mountain. I had just published published two books. Uh, One was an instant bestseller exposing the New Age movement and my experiences in it. And, And the other was similar, which was a very strong seller and probably a bestseller. But the first one was definitely a bestseller. So I had some capital in terms of my reputation, in terms of book sales. So when I presented it to them, along with a personal endorsement from that publishing uh, that publishing house's leading and main and best-selling author personally endorsed me, so there should have just been a slam dunk right there. Anyway, they basically shish me, rotated me over the barbecue pit, and after they ripped me to shreds. And this was their accusation, and and I claim guilty. They use something like, McGuire is a generalist. Hey, that's right, I am. Because somebody has to look at the big picture. And I I could find so many faults in some of their books. I'm not going to get into the nitpicky stuff uh, of of that publishing company. But the point is, this criticism, uh, I've been attacked with this criticism my whole life. And... You have to decide, are you going to buckle and give in to the criticism? Because it may be valid. It may be that your career literally depends upon you uh, fitting in with the program, whatever that program is. And if they're looking, for example, if you're an author and they're looking for uh, somebody to, like, go into one specific area, that would be smart to do. But now this is far more risky and far more dangerous but that is to, to stay committed to your passion. And uh, I didn't know it at the time that it was my calling, but sometimes your passion is your calling. It's like the Chariots of Fire movie, where the famous Olympic gold medal winner, when he was running, practicing, he, right after the Olympics, he, he quit sports and he went to be a foreign missionary and lead people to Jesus Christ. I think his name was Eric Little. And in the movie Chariots of Fire, He says that famous line, which reveals a deep revelation of of who God is. He said, he says, when he was running, you know, practicing and running, and he he ran with such incredible grace and speed. He said, when I run, I feel his. When I run fast, I feel his pleasure. So what he was saying was that when I run as fast as I can, as an Olympic athlete contender, I feel that God is blessed with that. That I am pleasing God. Now, that's an important thing to understand, because it's not just prayer, Bible study, fasting, fellowship that pleases God, although it does if it's done biblically and it's bringing healing and the truth to people. But sometimes we have to go out of the box, the little box, whether it's the little box of of low-level consciousness, thinking that's taken over our nation and is suffocating it, or it's the tiny little box of cerebral limitations and thinking, that, that is making Christians prisoners because they can't think outside of the box. And by the way, if you visit, com- I don't visit communist nations, but when you study communist nations like Russia and China, et cetera, they are basically paralyzed. You look, you, you, I, I do, do research on lots of things, including communism, incredible research. And you find this out that the communist nations, communist Marxist socialist nations are crippled Intellectually, spiritually, scientifically, and technologically, they are literally crippled because they have, they have neutered, or let's
1: be more blunt and in your face, they have neutered and they have
0: castrated any capacity for their citizens to neurologically create, innovate, be entrepreneurs, invent things, discover technologies, uh, create businesses, create anything. Their people are paralyzed because they're programmed from infancy to not think, to not create, to not question, to not be entrepreneurs. They're programmed to look at the state as God, and they just compliantly walk around in a daze, doing their robotic android duties, working on a factory assembly line. Look, I'm not knocking people who uh, work on an assembly line for a living. You're misunderstanding me. But if everybody, if everybody, the entire nation works on an assembly line, which is very much needed. And it's a good paying job, by the way, as you know, when they used to be here. But if everybody does that, and nobody thinks out of the side of the box, well, then there's nothing to manufacture on an assembly line. There's, there will be no automobiles or, or different types of cars or, or electronics or computers or the endless things that we manufacture that are birthed out of the American Dream mentality we inherited from the Pilgrims and Puritans who thought outside of the box and people who think outside of the box know how to innovate, innovate, invent, create, market. Okay, this is this is not some peripheral hobby horse I'm riding on for you here for your entertainment. What I'm talking to you about now is a direct expression of a biblical worldview. See, I talk about a biblical worldview all the time, because one of the primary calls upon my life and upon this ministry, Paul McGuire Ministries in Paradise Mountain Church, one of the primary calls is to educate as many people as we can, as fast as we can. And by educate, that means educate them, educate the, the people, both Christian and non-Christians, to the real meaning of the Bible. But, but more than that, it's not just about memorizing Scripture verses. That's very helpful and will stay with you your entire life. But it's about learning how to apply the truth of the scripture and the truth of the Bible, learning how to apply it outside of the little box and to apply the truth of God's word and a biblical worldview to every area of life art, culture, entertainment, filmmaking, television production, uh, writing, uh, sports, uh, music. Uh, education, medicine, real medicine, real alternative medicine that works, or, or or medical breakthroughs that are not simply designed for the hustle and the profit of the big pharma. We need entrepreneurs. We need, oh my God, the thing that America needs that that we're crying out for. The people of America, whether they're Christian or not, most of them are crying out for political leadership that has some kind of integrity. that that won't continue to sell us down the river, continue to take bribes, continue to do illegal things, cheat, steal and whatever. It's horrific. These people, these soulless criminals, and by the way, I'm not making a partisan statement, because both political parties have been infiltrated over by over time by sellouts, by criminals, by compromisers, by people who, who want money and power and fame. And and they've sold their souls, to be blunt. And in the process of selling their souls, they've allowed communist China and Russia and the other nations to infiltrate us and compromise us and weaken us. So that now, in a moment of global crisis, where, where in my opinion, World War III has already begun, but the, the more overt displays of World War III, I'm talking about nuclear war, weapons of mass destruction, etc., invasion of nations, etc., If and when that level of World War III erupts, do we have
1: the military, the technology? Have
0: we spent the money we need to? Are we prepared? I'm talking about on a military level because we need to be. And these politicians that have sold us out have put your children and grandchildren, yourself and your loved ones, they've put our nation, and listen to me, you don't allow. The mass media don't allow the globalist elite and the psychological operations people who are the foot soldiers for the globalist elite. Don't allow the psyops people to continually use the media as a weapon to divide the different racial and ethnic groups to stir up hostility, resentment, anger, hatred, and division among different racial Groups and the different ethnic groups. They have this is one of their favorite games, and so whatever race you're in, you need to to be educated about this, and you need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit, informed, educated, and you need to be an agent of healing in this area. I, I used to do that when I was live on the radio, you know, all across the nation on an AM and FM stations. I would regularly talk about this. Why? It was a very unpopular subject. But I talked about it because the Lord told me to talk about it. And what I said over the air to an actual live listening audience, because remember, everybody was stuck in their cars commuting when I was on the air drive time three to four hours a day. And and in California, they would repeat, all Northern California would repeat my show, the Paul McGuire show. And so I was on in California, between Southern California and Northern California, something like eight hours a day. And the signal, the signal power of of the two powerful stations that I was on just in the state of California alone, these two stations literally, by God's grace, covered. And the signal was audible and clear in literally every single town, city, remote area, wherever you were in California, whether on the freeway or in the mountains or at the beach or wherever you were, San Francisco. Oakland, LA, Orange County, wherever you were in California,
1: you you could hear the Paul McGuire show loud and clear. Which gave me See, this was a fluke that shouldn't have happened.
0: But it was a God thing. God did this because nobody could have planned for that. I couldn't have planned for it. And the other thing I recognized because I commuted 180 miles a day round trip from my home to the radio station in Orange County. And in the process of co- commuting 180 miles a day on average, sometimes it was far longer, sometimes it was like an hour or two shorter. But in the process of this 180 mile uh, round trip commute, I also would drive early in the morning before I began the commute to the radio station. I would dr- drive at, a, at that time my three children for, for many, many years. My three children were sent to three different uh, private schools, not because we're rich. We w- weren't and are not. But uh, these were
1: schools that offered biblical, a biblical Christian
0: uh, atmosphere where, where you know things like creationism could be taught and, and at least the beginnings of a biblical worldview could be established. So before I actually got on the freeway, to do the trek down to the radio station and back. I, I, I spent a, 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 an initial hour before all the hours began of the commute. I spent an hour driving my three kids to three different Christian schools in three different areas of California. You say, that's crazy. Yes, you know what? You're absolutely right. It is crazy. It was crazy. But look, let me tell you the way my wife and I thought. First of all, My wife and I are not super spiritual. We don't walk around on some cloud. We're just like you and anybody else. We're saved by grace, and and that's it. I mean, there's nothing. You know what? I would be a flat-out liar, a a flat-out liar, if if I allowed myself to create an illusion of myself that somehow, you know, I was some exalted spiritual being or, you know, super spiritual person. That would be a flat-out lie, and I never want to do that because that would interrupt my ability to share my testimony who wants to hear from an unreal disconnected super spiritual person i'm just like any one of you and anything in my life that that has impacted the world or the nation or other people for jesus i'm telling you right now you can look at me in the eyes and it's by the grace of god which you and i know means unmerited favor that comes about through the blood of jesus and by putting our faith in the blood of jesus which cleanses us of all sin so anything good in my life, like in your life, is done by grace or unmerited favor. So I'm not trying to say we were super spiritual, but we had we had a goal that we were united on. My wife and I both were not raised, we were both raised in non-Christian homes. And we saw, and I'm not knocking you, if you have if you have no other choice or your loved one has no other choice but but to go to public school, then pray, try to find a a way of getting a biblical worldview in them to circumvent the damage that can be done in public school, because right now the, the damage that can be done and it is being done in public in the public school systems all across the nation has intense has intensified beyond my wildest imagination. In that social engineering, the people that really run this country, the globalist elite, etc. Are using the educational system to literally reprogram the public educational system and to a a percentage degree the religious educational system, are being used to reprogram our children to destroy any possibility of a biblical worldview, any possibility of taking Christianity seriously. They want to eradicate that from our kids' minds. They want to destroy any concept of an absolute right, a moral right, and a moral wrong. They want to eradicate that from the minds of the kids, especially in public school. They want to destroy the traditional family unit. And so they they use all kinds of techniques, subversive techniques, and sophisticated psychological warfare, social engineering techniques, to program your children to accept things as normal that, that you and I didn't have to deal with. And so our children are being exposed to visual material on video, on their cell phones, on their laptops. They're being exposed to visual material in terms of photographs and videos and other things. And they're exposing their minds and hearts
1: literally to the unthinkable. The unthinkable. And and once you, you shatter the precious psyches
0: of young children, it's very hard to, you know, it's like a, a a teapot or something. It hits the floor. It shatters into a lot of pieces. It's very hard to glue it back together again. Anyway, everything I just talked about, by the way, I studied and researched. I had to become, in order for me to 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 accomplish my mission, and remember, I knew what my mission was. I didn't know it was from God, but this whole thing began, and I tell the whole story in my new book, Power from One High. You need to read it. I tell the whole story, stuff I've never... Shared before. I talk about it in my book, Power from on High, which you can get at a discount at Paulmacquire.us. But from the earliest ages that I can imagine, raised in an atheistic, agnostic, existentialist home, and I, by the way, early in my earlier years in high school, became a transhumanist. Oh, yeah. People always say, oh, he's lying. No, I'm not lying. I can prove it. I conducted amateur scientific experiments with plants, injecting the plants with a hypodermic needle filled with alcohol. And I attempted to, I, I began to freeze, my mother loved this, so I, I can tell you that. I attempted to freeze these plants in the, the you know
1: refrigerator or with, with ice.
0: And, and then I was going to take the plants out at a later date. And they, they, this was to be initial experimentation. In, in freezing eventually human life in terms of the science of chirogenics, which was emerging at that time, where wealthy people were freezing their bodies. And their bodies, as far as I know it to this day, are being stored in, in like fortresses, underground, guarded laboratories. And at some point in the future, they are going to open these chirogenic um, devices, which, which have frozen and preserved the body-brain of people. And these people, these wealthy people believe that if they awaken themselves in the future, that we'll have the science and technology to give them life back. So I was doing like a a low-budget version of that. That is transhumanism, by the way. Okay, now, which I studied before transhumanism
1: became a popular word. So
0: when I was very, very young, my, my overwhelming passion that consumed me. I didn't have to think about like, well, what's the most important thing that I need to know or do in life? I knew it because it haunted me 24-7. I, and I tell this and I tell the whole story like I've never told it before in Power From on High. I was consumed with discovering why, the answer to the three questions. Why am I alive? What is my purpose in life? And, and what am I doing here on planet Earth? What's my mission? And, and that's close to the other one. But the three of them together, basically asked the question, why am I alive and, and what is my purpose in life? And I, I, I went on a pilgrimage, a quest. And my attitude, even as a young, young boy, was "I am going." nobody around me wants to talk about this. Um, they always change the subject. The school system doesn't want to even, they won't even allow you to bring this question up in a classroom. It's, yet it is the most important question to be asked. Because if you don't know what you' why you're alive and who you are and what you're doing here on planet Earth, then all the other stuff is useless so since I met such resistance as a young child, it wasn't even in the books that I read on all these scientists and science since I met such resistance, I made a, a pledge to myself that I was going to find out the answer to those questions with 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 an attitude of no retreat, no surrender and, and that's how I operated my life for years so that required that I study so many disciplines, disciplines, sciences, categories of information. I had to become literally an expert in countless fields. And I list many of them in uh, Power from on High. So for that, these publishers ripped me to shreds, calling me a generalist. Now, this was, I don't know, quite a few decades ago. So, so, and a book finally came out. Somebody else published it. It was called Who Will Rule the Future?, a resistance to the new world order. And so the, the 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 point is that I had to I see I wasn't intellectually mature enough or I, and I wasn't confident enough in my abilities, my understanding, my education, my my research. Uh, therefore I was somewhat insecure because we're going back quite a few decades. Now if I got a letter like that, it'd be a whole different dynamic because I know I've paid the price intellectually in terms of study and research into multi multi-discipline, disciplines, a vast diversity of studies and all kinds of things. OK, so this is my point. What I didn't know back then and I was unable to argue articulately is I was unable to truly defend the fact that I was a generalist and, and indeed on an intellectual level. There is a desperate need for generalists. And it was also my spiritual call, because not generalist in the sense of, you know, a little bit about a million things, but, but, you, but, the, but, but what you know about a million things is pathetically, you know, inadequate. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a generalist in the sense that you've paid the price to educate yourself. And sometimes in many different fields, you have literally become an expert. Because you have done such intense study and research, so in that sense, I'm a generalist and why I'm a generalist, and this is something the Lord has confirmed in my own life in terms of this being part of my call, is that the biggest problem that I have encountered dealing with people trying to facilitate spiritual breakthrough in people's life, lead them to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The biggest problem I've encountered is that most people are are Locked into a pinpoint career, discipline area of a study and, and and their whole lives revolve around you know a handful or maybe more but not much more, a handful of disciplines, categories, and fields of study, even though they may be potentially brilliant people. but what we what we need in our society and world and also in the Christian church is we need somebody who's done what I call the deep dive of research into countless fields and sciences and disciplines and histories and research categories, and someone who can connect all these dots, because we have an overload of information, and we, don't, we hardly have anybody connecting the dots into a meaningful picture, or not only connecting the dots between all these disciplines, but, but pretend the dots are pieces of a puzzle. So we we, we end up in America and other places around the world looking at reality as if it was an abstract pattern, and an abstract pattern, if it's really abstract, becomes a meaningless pattern. But if you connect the dots of all the fields of study, like theology, the Bible, science, the theory of evolution versus creationism, and on and on and on, if you study all these different fields and then look at it as if they were puzzle pieces that are scattered on the floor of your brain, and if once you assemble them and, and interlock them in a meaningful way, then the puzzle piece stops being an abstract representation, and the puzzle piece now becomes a vividly crystal clear picture that has the capacity and power to communicate the meaning of reality, and a puzzle piece put together can make an impact but a puzzle piece that consists of just scattered puzzle pieces or information that is that is just like little bursts or dots in your brain, and you're not connecting the dots, you create like a psychological instability and you prevent people from coming into an understanding of why they're alive, what their purpose is in life, and, and what God's plan is for their life. So, The very thing that I've been criticized for all these years and these guys ripped me to shreds. And by the way, back then, um, I wasn't as mature as I hopefully am today. So I was annoyed. Now, I didn't lose my temper, but I'm a very forceful person because I'm from New York City. And people from New York City, people always think that those of us from New York City are always rude. It's not that we're rude, but we, we grow up in an environment that if you don't, if you're not aggressive, if you don't speak up for your rights, if you don't speak up, and this is common of people who grow up in New York City or similar environments, in order to survive, you have to learn how to be aggressive, and aggressive verbally, and aggressive with your actions. And so that, those behavior patterns become your normal. And everybody in New York City, you know, you understand it. You, you see the aggressiveness which is which is interpreted as rudeness by outsiders. And I guess it is rude to whatever degree. So when I came to California and other places, people misunderstood me. They thought I was being, like, really aggressive, when, when that wasn't the case. The case was I was simply a New Yorker acting in the norm of, of New York culture, which is if you're not aggressive, you're going to get mowed over. Okay, so uh,
1: what I learned was
0: that being a generalist who intensively studies many disciplines in order to connect the, dot, the dots, a person who is willing to, to take the deep dive of research in order to find out the answers that support a biblical worldview, requires an aggressiveness and it requires that you're a generalist, so to speak, and that you're willing to dare to take a risk and think outside of the box. You see, people in communist nations can't think outside of the box. But people in America now, especially the youth, but also the older generations, the majority of them are afraid to think outside of the box. Therefore, they don't understand the big picture. Therefore, when you don't understand the big picture on an intellectual, spiritual, historical, scientific, technological level, when you can't integrate all that and you can't understand the big picture, then the truth of life, the truth of reality, the meaning of life, your purpose in life, the meaning of God, where we are in space-time history, and all the other zillion questions that need to be asked, are like locked out of your brain. And and you have erected barriers between yourself and knowing all that knowledge, knowledge is power, and gathering all that truth. Because the truth will set you free. So we have in America today, and sadly to say, we have in the church today and in the Christian world today and in the media today both in America and around the world. We have today millions and billions of people who have been isolated. They don't know the truth. They don't have real knowledge. They don't have real guidance. They don't have real wisdom. They don't have real understanding because they've never pursued it. And so they are prevented from getting what what God tells us are the biblical rewards for aggressively notice I use the word aggressively for aggressively pursuing all those disciplines of study in light of a biblical worldview there are tremendous rewards so here's just a few of them knowledge will give you power the truth will set you free and then there's there's a reward for pursuing wisdom and knowledge and understanding and research and there's always the promise of God to bless you and to multiply you if you obey his word. See, this is this is the root of the issue. The root of the issue is God tells us in the book of Proverbs and numerous other places that we are to pursue wisdom and knowledge and gain understanding, and we are to do it aggressively as if we were pursuing precious jewels like diamonds and, and precious metals like gold and silver. We're to pursue The acquisition of truth, knowledge, information, because they have more value. Listen to me, please. They have more value over the long term than gold, silver, and precious jewels. They have more value. And so God promises an incredible blessing upon your life if you will pursue the acquisition of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and guidance aggressively you will be blessed. As you sow, so shall you reap. And so I learned over many years that being a generalist was actually a virtue. Being a generalist and being a, and studying a mass diverse, diversity of, of cutting-edge fields gave me a kind of super intelligence, super wisdom, super knowledge, enhanced human abilities. Look, I'm sorry if it comes off... But Making myself sound like some kind of god. That wasn't the purpose. I'm just telling you that if you pursue these different areas and you dare to think out of the box, you will, in the perception of others, as you really develop your knowledge base, you will be perceived by others as a person of power, as a person to be listened to, as a person of wisdom. And they will perceive you as someone who possesses an extraordinary, genius like, almost Superhuman ability. I'm not exaggerating here. Uh, I'm not going to even. I could tell you something that would seal the deal on what I'm trying to tell you, but I can't tell it to you because it could so ease. It's so fragile, even though it's totally true, that it could easily be misrepresented as boasting. So I just, I just not going to do it. You see, it had to do. Well, I'll, I'll tell part of it, but I'm not going to drop the
1: name that I could drop. In childhood. I would have
0: children. My friends come up to me or tell their parents on a regular basis that Paul McGuire is a genius, and they meant it. Now I'm not telling you this to brag, because at the same time I was being called a genius by very bright kids. They were telling their parents that I'm a genius. At that exact same time period, I was being ripped to shreds in the educational system for being like, like, in some cases, below below standard. So see. This this isn't just like a clean bragging session. I'm telling you the good, the bad, and the ugly. So
1: in, in part of my life, I'm being perceived as less than adequate. And
0: the people who really know me, who are bright kids, um, perceive me as a genius. And I mean, I'm talking about this happened all the time. So some of these people, and I, I'm not going to name their names, but a number of these people, five at least, If I was to tell you who they were and what positions they have, some of them have some of the highest positions in science and certain scientific institutions. These compliments, these childhood compliments, were were, uh, rare. Now, I didn't say that to brag. That's why I didn't drop their names. I said that to tell you, if you'll pay the price,
1: you know, God will honor you. It will give you
0: favor. And even though a lot of people will attack you, a lot of people will be jealous, a lot of people will attempt to belittle you, when the day is done, there will be significant people that you interact with that truly respect you. Now, a lot of you, and you know people who are frustrated, you know, about your performance in terms of winning people to Jesus Christ and, 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 and standing for Christ with biblical arguments for creation or whatever it is. Look, not everybody can do everything. The path that I walked, I'm not telling you to walk my path. You walk the path that God is calling to you to. It may be nothing like my path. You walk the path that God is calling to you to. You'll be blessed, and he will give you favor and blessing. So the first thing that we have to do in finding out the answer to life's most important questions is we have to walk the path, and we have to follow God. So that's what I did. Not everybody should do that. My, my unique childhood environment of, of being around, literally, geniuses and brilliant people from the, the earliest ages, professional artists, professional financials, financials, people at the highest level, professional sculptors and writers and thinkers and authors. I was exposed to a rich, highly charged, intellectual and stimulating environment among other things, that neurologically and educationally gave me a, a lifelong advantage. But in the in the mind control factory of public education, I was constantly attacked, and the truth of my abilities and intelligence, they were deliberately suppressed by the teachers who were uncomfortable with it because it made them look dumb, and that wasn't my intention and other sources. But you know, God will vindicate you. So at a certain point, uh, I think it was in uh, fifth grade, I took uh, a test for the state of New York. It was this big uh, academic test that measured your, your academic ability, you know, in all the important areas like reading and writing and mathematics and other subjects. And it basically would determine for the grammar schools what, what real level of education did you possess through this test? I mean, it's great that you're in fifth grade, but, you, but do you really have fifth grade education or do you have a higher degree of education? Now, remember, I was insulted quite a bit uh, and attacked quite a bit. And so what happened was the principal of the grammar school, PS69 in Jackson Heights, Queens, got the, the reports to this very important test back and a day or two later, I was called into the principal's office, along with some of the head teachers and, uh, and along with uh, some, the head of the Parent Teachers Association or something of the area. And she looked like she, she looked at me sheepishly and in an embarrassed way uh, because she she was plagued by guilt that, that she had failed to observe the, the academic excellence in one of her students. And, and basically treated them like garbage. I'm talking about myself. So um, she couldn't believe it because my test showed that the level of education, first of all, I scored very, very high in the test. Like I forgot what top percent. It was like at the very top, not, not the top 1%, but it was at the very top. And it, and it proved to her, based on testing, especially when it came to reading, writing, Uh, And verbal skills, and 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 literary skills, and and certain other uh, knowledge areas, that my educational level was literally at the level of somebody uh, getting a a Ph.D. So I had a Ph.D. level, not somebody who got a Ph.D., but somebody who was uh, studying uh, courses that were at the Ph.D. level. So my educational ability in fifth grade was the equivalent of somebody who was studying at a university at the PhD level. And this just, they couldn't, they didn't know what to do because they felt guilt and stuff. So they scrambled and, uh, and tried to rectify it and asked me what I wanted to do. And really, quite frankly, I was very polite, but I wanted to be left alone because I didn't respect them. And I certainly I was, thank God I was smart enough at the time not to tell them the truth of what I really believed about the educational system, which I thought I was a farce. Um, I played the game, shut my mouth, and they sent me to another classroom of the highest achievers in fifth grade. The problem was that my real education, what enabled me to test so high at the Ph.D. level, had nothing to do with the education I was receiving from the grammar school, public school. It had everything to do with my independent self-education, because I, on a weekly or a monthly basis, would continually go to the library and bring back, you know, tons of books over the years on science, on reading the biography of every science, on history, on psychology. So I, I was reading like there was no tomorrow, all these books. And it was that that catapulted me in, in testing into the highest levels, Not certainly not their inane educational curriculum. So anyway, uh, I, I remember it as if it was yesterday, because it was a painful experience. It was rather traumatic. Something happened in the classroom that they sent me to.
1: And I don't know what it was, but it was bad. There was some kind of
0: disruption, and the girl behind me, forgive me for being gross, had an upset stomach, and she vomited cherries out on the floor of the classroom which rolled on the floor, and it was disgusting. Now, don't ask me why I'm retrieving that information.
1: But um, then we had to take an IQ test or something, and I didn't like the the controlling
0: vibe of the classroom because I I didn't care if this was supposed to be a prestigious classroom or, or not. It was uncomfortable, and I didn't like it. And then I asked to see what my IQ was. Which I think, if you're going to give kids an IQ test, they have the right to see what that test is. And they actually should have the right to contest it. Because, what because the teachers and the school systems are, that IQ test is like a label on you, a ranking. So she said, you know, students are not allowed to look at their own IQ tests, and students are not allowed to know their own IQ score, excuse uh, score. So, um, okay, so that's the rule, right? Well, remember, I pledged to myself that I was going to find out the answers to life. And my attitude was, and take no prisoners, no retreat, no surrender. So I was very firm about this. And you may say, well, that's not right. And that's wrong or whatever, whatever it is, I'm not claiming, you know, I I did this as a fifth grader. I don't know what I would do today. But I felt I had, despite what she said to me, I felt I had a moral right. If you're going to test me with an IQ test like everybody else, and then you're going to label my intelligence, in other words, give me a ranking, which is basically a, commun- a numerical ranking or your IQ, which is essentially a communication which is stating that uh, this is how intelligent or how stupid you are. But they can butter you up all, all, all they want to, but that's the purpose of an IQ test. And so I be- believed 100% Uh, that I had a moral right, whether it was the school's rules or not, I had a moral right, I believed as a fifth grader, that superseded any school rule saying I couldn't look at my IQ score and I couldn't look at my IQ test. So in this same classroom, I discovered where the IQ tests for everybody in the classroom, where they were located, where, where they were hidden. And they were hidden behind these locked, sliding doors, and then there was ca- cabinets, <clears throat> which contained everybody's in the classroom's IQ test and everybody's IQ score, you know, like intelligence quotient, how intelligent you are. So I waited till there was nobody in the classroom, such as the teacher or the students. I think it was the lunch break. <clears throat> I don't know when it was, but nobody was in the classroom. I made my move. I, I, the lock was, like, open, so I didn't have to pick a lock. I just slid the door open because it was open. They assumed because they hit it, nobody would look for it. Well, I knew where it was. I slid the door open because it wasn't locked. Then I slid the file cabinet open, saw everybody's names in alphabetical order, saw my name, and quickly opened it up. and It lo- and, and took me a minute or two. I looked, and I found out by looking at my IQ test, I found out what my actual IQ score or IQ numerical score was. In other words, this is the score that labels you, and it's a communication to teachers, et cetera, of how intelligent or how stupid you were. And I looked at my IQ score, and that's between me and God. But I I was greatly relieved, because I was very insecure. I was greatly relieved that my IQ score Let's just put it this way. My IQ score numerically, according to their testing, was very, very high, extremely high. And so that was a big relief because the way they treated me, you would have thought, uh, you know, they are not they don't warm up to, to independent thinkers. Let's just put it that way.
1: Okay. so my point is this lifelong
0: pursuit of truth where you have to become a generalist, you because there's so few people who are looking at the big picture right now, who are connecting the dots, who are connecting the sciences and the technologies and breaking it down for people in a meaningful whole. And that is part of my calling because that interfaces with intelligently communicating a biblical worldview. Now, what happens is when you begin to possess knowledge because you Read books and you did research and deep dives and you did your homework. And when you you devote a lifetime beginning an early childhood doing that, what happens is you accumulate literally in your brain, in your mind, you accumulate literal warehouses or hard drives or portable drives with just about infinite amounts of data and information. So forget about the warehouse analogy. That's from my childhood. You accumulate, like in, in, in hard drives, portable hard drives, hard drives you connect to your computer, you, you have hard drives of information and data storage in your mind. And the enormous knowledge you can dip into, because you studied so many disciplines, you don't have to like flex some kind of muscle or brag. It just it kind of leaks out of you. And even if you try to hide it, because it's not good to parade these things, even if you try to hide it, People know it, and they confer upon you authority, favor, and they give you a high rank, and it opens many doors in society. Even though you may have not played the game the traditional way, it's blatantly obvious that you're operating on a, an authoritative ranking because the people can know. So I, I'm just saying all that in a long-winded way to to encourage you, no matter what field what career path you're going into, your children are going into, or whatever. Don't be afraid to follow the one that the Lord is leading you to do, even if it seems to be contradictory to where everybody else is going. Now, that doesn't mean you divorce yourself from pertinent knowledge, facts, and information about our world. It's important to do that. But on top of doing that, you can be led by God. Because, you see, behind all this, God was leading me. God was leading me. In fact, I would say God led me to be a generalist and to study these fields. And that's why today on the Paul McGuire Report and on our programs, I, I feel with your help, prayers, financial support, and spreading of the links, and from the feedback I get and the feedback I have been getting for decades, we together are reaching a lot of people and we're we're opening up their minds. We're setting them free because you see, you can't. Set them free unless you communicate intelligently the truth to them. Because the Bible says, the truth shall set you free. And you, they can't become powerful, either in a spiritual sense or an intellectual sense. They can't become powerful unless they first possess the right kind of knowledge. Knowledge is power. So when we move ahead into the Bible in the New Testament and we read the words of Jesus Christ, Uh, where where he talks about the importance of receiving power from on high, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. That power from on high will only operate on a regular basis in your life to the degree that you balance the, the spiritual power from on high produced by the Holy Spirit, that you balance that with a biblical worldview and knowledge. The two together, the left brain and the right brain, the two together operate in a harmony and a balance that will sustain you and guide you for an entire lifetime. And that's what I want to pass on, because you see, what we're fighting is the the reality. And by the way, you need to go to PaulMcGuire.us and watch my video on the American Matrix. You need to watch it. It's free, and you need to, please, pass it on to your friends. Pass the link on to your friends. Spread it far and wide. Why? Because they have been fighting a rigging war against me. They've been rigging my numbers. They've been censoring me in the search engines. As in the earlier days of the Internet and this ministry, we began to get millions of hits, millions of views, millions of followers on a regular basis, year after year after year. It was clear that our message from computer data was reaching millions of people on a regular basis that became a threat to certain people so they did to me what they did to many other people they've rigged my numbers they've artificially suppressed uh, people being able to find us on the search engines they've artificially lowered our numbers and they've done the same thing that they've done to me to to just about anybody who tells the truth because that's a microcosm of the spiritual-intellectual knowledge war that we're in right now. You see, they understand the power of the truth we're communicating. Otherwise, they wouldn't waste so much technology trying to suppress it. They understand the power of this knowledge. Unfortunately, Christians don't understand, or they don't fully understand, the power of the knowledge we're trying to communicate. And so, so the enemies of the gospel, the enemies of biblical truth, have a healthier respect and know far more about the potential power of spreading biblical truth and biblical knowledge than the people who call themselves Christians who scoff at this stuff, and they call it a conspiracy theory, and and they just shut their minds to it because it it doesn't fit in the tiny box of their consciousness or brains. So this is the battle that we're facing. It's a battle of the mind. Don't forget it. We are in—if you don't fully grasp this— you're going to to open up an area of vulnerability by which the evil one and the demonic powers can strike at you and your children and grandchildren and prevent you from being everything that God created you to be. Because in a sense, there's a hole in your spiritual armor. God wants you to repair the hole in your spiritual armor. And he wants to do that by
1: causing you to study to show thyself
0: approved. He wants you to acquire, through reading the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, thinking about the Word of God, he wants you to acquire biblical knowledge, which is power, knowledge in other areas, and sciences and technologies, which is power. He wants you to know the truth, because it is the truth that sets you free. And the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Then, of course, then theological knowledge, or biblical knowledge. So the battle we're facing, the only reason the enemies of God, the enemies of the light, the enemies of love, because this is the fundamental truth that that you have to understand while you're living in this reality we call planet Earth. That's why I recorded that video free for you to watch. It's it's, it's short, but it's it's power-packed, and I, I think it's entertaining the American Matrix. You go to paulmcguire.us, play it, send the link to your friends. Or you can go to the Rumble channel or Brideon or BitChute or many of the others that we're on and watch my American Matrix video. And then please pass it on. And then also, I, I ask this request, if you really believe in what we're doing, I need you to support me because if you will do this, it will destroy their ability to continue to rig my numbers. And that is Sign up for the eblast. Sign up and join all our social media channels, our recruit channel. Sign up, like. We're not going to sell or give away your information or list to anybody. We never have. We never will. I simply need you to stand with this ministry. And so our numbers go up because there's people trying to artificially lower our numbers. And that's a very practical way that you can help us because when you have those numbers, It gives you the leverage to open other doors. I know people who have enormous numbers, and the reason they have enormous numbers is because they don't say anything that's a threat to the globalist agenda. But if you speak the truth, they're going to attack you. So we have to stand together, and we need to recognize the fact that we're in an intense, multi-dimensional war in America and the world right now. We have never been in the history of mankind and and civilizations, we have never been in a time zone or a period of time like the one that we're in, where we have literally the existence of the highest level futuristic technologies already operative, and yet most people don't believe that they exist. See, this is why I do independent study. So when I tell you something exists, it exists, whether your friends, Agree with it or not is irrelevant. I was saying stuff that exi- existed. I get floods of calls, email, running into people constantly who constantly tell me the same thing over and over again. Paul, what you told us 40 years ago or 30 years ago or what you told us many years ago, all of it has come true. All the stuff that you said on the air and all the stuff that you wrote about in your books, it's all come true. And they're refer- referring to the Great Reset, to the uh, neural implants, the biochip implants and many other things that I wrote about decade and decade and decade ago to prepare God's people for this hour. You have to recognize the critical nature of the hour that we're in. This is a critical potential turning point. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. We'll be back in just a moment. Wherever you are on planet Earth, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Okay. I want to summarize. Now, this is not just a summary. What I'm going to talk to you about now are some bullet point, super power packed principles based on the Word of God. That if you will apply these truths, they will not only grant you power from on high, which impacts every area of your life, but you will be the recipient of supernatural wisdom at a level you never thought possible. And you will be able to tap into the mind of Christ and get a download, regular downloads of of wisdom, plans, guidance, understanding from God. Okay, this is what you have to understand. And that's why you really need to get my books and buy a bunch of them in order um, you get a bulk discount. Books are valuable and and you can hide them and use them and pass them around. They're great tools. And also, check out the American Matrix video. Really do that. I I think you'll enjoy it. I really do. So, um, the the basic truth that you have to understand is this the nature of reality living in a society is not having a bad attitude to understand that essentially, if you're working class or middle class, In just about every nation on planet Earth, America used to be the exception. America is no longer the exception. So essentially, even in America, if you're middle class right now or working class, you are, to whatever degree, a slave. Now, you may be uh, a slave that's well paid. Uh, You know, even in ancient times, in in the ranks of slaves, there were classes. There were like upper class slaves and stuff like that. So when I say that you're a slave, it doesn't mean you're, you know, at the bottom of the heap. You can, there are slaves that are making a half a million dollars a year. Okay. CEOs and stuff. But how you know whether or not you're a slave or not is got to ask yourself the question, are you free? Or did you really kind of have to sell your soul to some kind of corporate machine, some kind of entity, some kind of system, where you really can't tell the truth? You kind of you have to hide the fact that you're a Christian, and I'm not blasting you away for that. That's our world has changed, but 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 you're a slave because you see, if you're not truly free, even if you have a lot of money and you have a desk. You know, on the top of the, the building of the, the corporation you, you're in, and you, know, you have a great view from your office, and you're driving a fantastic high end car and taking vacations and stuff, you can still be a slave because if you're not really free, you're a slave. You're just, you're just better off in certain areas. Now, there are some people who live on the level of emperors and empresses and kings and queens in the Pharaoh God King system like the royal families and these trillionaire families and the super billionaire families and the the, the people who rule the world secretly in the globalist elite. These people have so much wealth, and I've done my homework and I've done my research. So if you read my books, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, and uh, the other books, The Day the Dollar Died and the other books, You'll see that I continually revisit the names of these international banking families, the super wealthy, the creators of the Federal Reserve. And this goes all the way back. These super wealthy families go all the way back in time to the ancient super civilizations in ancient Babylon and in ancient Egypt and other places. And they have passed their gold and wealth and silver and knowledge. Now, remember, you were not taught this. You will never be taught this. This is a secret you're not supposed to know. I'm telling you the, the the meaning of the secret right now for free. Don't blow it past it. This is the secret that they operate by, and I'm going to tell it to you now, and I explain it in further detail in Power from on High and The Greatest Battle and the other books. Now, here's the secret. On one hand, the globalist elite, the heads of the, the Great Reset, the The great intellectuals like Aldous Huxley and Julian Huxley and, you know, the the heads of the the Illuminati bloodline families and all that. On one hand, they they masquerade as if they are pure scientists, pure secular humanists that don't believe in the supernatural and don't believe in God. That is a decoy, because in reality... Just about every single person who's part of the globalist elite, these super powerful families that go back in time, all of them secretly, on one hand, pretend to be humanists, but in their private lives and in their private beliefs, overwhelmingly, they're members of the occult. They practice occult rituals in order to generate supernatural power in multiple dimensions. And sometimes they're Luciferians or witches, high-level witchcraft Luciferians, and they they are very involved in uh, dark and highly powerful occultic activities, okay. And they have hid hidden this from the what we could call the middle class, the working class, the the, the people on, on the lower end of the pyramid, relatively speaking, throughout human history, going back to ancient Babylon. You know that the Tower of Babel was built. In, in, in a pyramidical shape. Okay, it was a giant pyramid, just like the, the pyramids of Egypt. So the, these super wealthy elite have secretly passed on their gold, their wealth, the the secret title deeds to the land that they own, the jewels, you have no idea, the mountains, the caves that they own, the, the, the massive number of secret treasures that have been hidden by empires and emperors and conquerors all over the world, they have sent their teams for centuries to raid these secret vaults with gold and diamonds and precious jewels and silver and and, and, and you know archaeological relics that are worth millions and millions of dollars and, and they don't do, this is all hidden wealth it's all hidden wealth by which they control the world. Now, if you don't know that because it's outside of your box
1: you're going to be victimized by it.
0: They practice the system of Mystery Babylon. That means they believe, because they are the followers of Lucifer, and because they believe that they are the genetic descendants, or or what we call the Illuminati bloodline families. So they believe that they're the direct genetic descendants of when the fallen angels, mated with human women, producing the hybrid species known as the Rephium and the Nephilim. When the fallen angels mated with human women, they produced the hybrid race of the Rephium and Nephilim. And the Illuminati bloodlines claim their DNA or their genetic origins to these hybrid creatures produced when the fallen angels mated with human women. And therefore, they believe that genetically and through the... that these fallen angels... We know that these fallen angels had access to very advanced futuristic technologies and sciences and supernatural and psychic powers. We know that, okay? The, the, the evidence is all over the world with the archaeological relics of all these super civilizations. Okay, so then uh, they, they hid the knowledge, they hid the technology, they, they hid the fact. Oh, there's another principle, which is, which is a lie a lie erected by Lucifer to, to function as a wall or a stronghold, as a barrier to block the people of God from being able to acquire the supernatural power and wisdom that God has for them. So so our culture and the, quote, system blocks that, whereas people who are Luciferians, they don't have their avenue blocked. They, there's a There's a download of knowledge into their lives scientific knowledge, occultic knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. But here is a principle that they operate by that is largely unknown to Christians and ordinary people. And that is, at the highest levels of the invisible power, there is a, a belief system. And in their belief system and practice, which goes back thousands and thousands of years to the, all the super civilizations, All these super civilizations and the people that that headed them up believe that things like science, engineering, technology, advanced mathematics, physics, genetics, and then magic, sorcery, psychic power, astrology, that all these sciences and technologies, and then all these occult powers exist on one continuum. And they're actually, if you look at it from the vantage point of higher consciousness, they are actually one and the same system of knowledge and power. Traditional Western thinking that you've been programmed and brainwashed to believe, but the elite don't believe that privately. Traditional Western education and thinking programs you to believe that on one side, there's the rational spectrum of logic and reason and science and engineering, and mathematics, and economics, and all these disciplines, and that is all considered to be objectively true. Okay, and there's a complete disregard, rejection, and mockery of what we would call magic, alchemical magic, supernatural powers, psychic powers, uh, um, you know, invisible beings, and an entire range of knowledge and power that is really there. But it's walled off by this unbelief. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, in order to overcome the hurdle of the unbelief, and this is why it's important for you to read my books, I'm not just selling my books, I'm selling knowledge at the cheapest price I can because I want to invest in your life. Every life I touch, I, I, I see it as a seed from God. And I pray that any seed that I plant in your heart or mind or your children's heart or mind or whatever, any seed that I plant, Is a seed from the kingdom of heaven, and it will grow and restore and renew and save and deliver. But it is essential that God's people don't always go for the jugular. But sometimes you have to be patient and plant seeds. So this knowledge is my obedience to God in planting seeds in your mind. Some of the seeds will become apparent and come to fruition immediately. Others will incrementally reveal themselves as the decades pass by until eventually you'll wake up and go, my God, this guy wasn't crazy. He knew what he was talking about. I know that sounds self-serving, but that's essentially the battle we're in. Okay, so we have to understand that the people at the highest level of power, money, consciousness, the real rulers of planet Earth, the globalist elite, the Illuminati bloodline families, the top of the top of the top of the secret societies. The Luciferians—they believe that there's only one category of knowledge, and they're all interconnected, and they all have equal value. And that is science, engineering, logic, physics, mathematics, economics, etc. is is in the same category as clairvoyance, ESP, remote viewing, psychic power, um, um, supernatural revelations, magic these are not two different things, and one is not to be rejected. I, I quote the great science fiction author and and great scientist, Arthur Sir Arthur C. Clarke, who wrote 2001 Space Odyssey. I quote him in my book, Power from One High, and he said something to the effect that all science uh, that is sufficiently advanced is, is on the same level as magic. So what Arthur C. Clarke was saying is that magic and science, when you go to the highest level of consciousness and thinking, it's it's at the same level. It's only lower level thinkers that have been brainwashed into believing one is you know falsehood and one is true. Now, I don't expect you to believe that or your friends, but I can prove it, and I put the proof in my books, like Power from on High and The Greatest Battle. The, The super geniuses that created this world right now the scientific dictatorship or the technocratic elite or whatever you want to call it, were people like Sir Aldous Huxley and, and his brother, Sir Julian Huxley, father of transhumanism, and Aldous Huxley, the creator of Brave New World. They and H.G. Wells and many other intellectuals and thinkers of the time, and when I say of the time, I'm talking about from the 1800s to the, to the mid-1900s, uh, all of these great thinkers and intellectuals and, and rulers, etc., They all pretended to be secular humanists and scientists that were strictly materialistic scientists. But privately, they all believed and practiced the occult, Luciferianism, supernatural religions, and they all relied on supernatural downloads from another dimension to a dimension that consisted of uh, fallen angels, psychic powers, telekinesis, and other stuff. So you see at the highest level, they're playing the game of reality at a far higher and a far more sophisticated level. And that is why they have the power. Now, if you're going to challenge their power, or let's put it more accurately, if you're going to attempt to protect whatever power, resource, assets, freedom, or life, or blessings you have, because right now, They're in the mode and in the intent of seizing from you by psychological and spiritual force anything that you could potentially own, possess, call yours, or even the idea of your own life or your own self. They are attempting to steal this right in front of your eyes because they're counting on you and the middle class and the working class and the Christians and the conservatives. They're counting on all of us to function in a eyes-wide-shut manner after Stanley Kubrick's film, Eyes Wide Shut. And eyes-wide-shut simply means that you cannot see the obvious stuff that is really going on. Even though your eyes are technically wide open, you can't see the the, the vivid truth that's right in front of your eyes because you've been pre-programmed not to perceive or not to really see what you physically can see. You've been like hypnotized. So your eyes are wide open, but you can't see the obvious because you've been programmed. And so he calls that eyes wide shut. And the movie is very graphic. I don't recommend it, by the way. I don't recommend it. It's highly graphic, highly, highly. But it's an expose uh, of the Illuminati and the, the circles of the highest level power. So That brings us down to why you're alive, why I'm alive, why God gives people different callings. And not only does he give you a calling, if God has given you a calling in any area, he has also given you the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's also given you supernatural giftings, supernatural abilities, supernatural powers. In other words, whatever the calling of God is upon your life, God adds to your calling all these supernatural resources and giftings in the Holy Spirit. In other words, he gives you on a multitude of levels all these gifts, talents, abilities, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom from God, etc. He gives you all this stuff in order for you to fulfill your mission and calling. He just doesn't give you a calling and a mission and then throw you out naked into the street and, and, and scream at you and say, make it happen. He gives you the call. You understand what the call is. As you respond to the call in obedience, whatever it is, then God will begin to download into your life everything you need to
1: fulfill that call and make that call happen. Well, that's what I just gave you is of, of priceless importance.
0: And I don't mean to—I'm not trying to be cute when I say that. So, so but here's a dynamic. The globalist elite are occultists and Luciferians. Their goal is to take everything you have, and their goal is to make you a slave working for them with no freedom, no rights, no nothing. Okay? That's what they're in the business of doing right now. So you have to understand that the only reason they're able to accomplish that goal, even now, is because they have enormous wealth and power. But most importantly, in addition to the enormous wealth and power that they possess, they possess a far higher level, and access to supernatural knowledge. Supernatural knowledge that literally downloads advanced futuristic technologies and science and sciences into their minds. Whether it's genetics, DNA, the nature of the universe, you see, they even though, and this is a power power game. If if they if, if they let on to you that the real source of their knowledge, which is giving them power, the real source of their wisdom is supernatural, and they're downloading it from entities from another dimension. If if they let that out in the open, then then that would encourage Christians, the middle class, conservatives, the, the working class, whatever, that would encourage them to start looking into the higher level realms for supernatural wisdom and answers. And if they were wise, they wouldn't be doing it in the occult sense, like the globalist elite. They, they would be seeking God and seeking God's supernatural power, God's supernatural wisdom, God's supernatural resources. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm trying to tell you is the nature of the battle ultimately is supernatural. And so the only way we can win this thing, first of all, if you analyze the present situation from your natural mind which is devoid of supernatural resources and devoid of the miraculous. If you analyze the conflict, the battlefield, what's happening in the world in America right now, it will ultimately and inevitably lead you to total despair, because if you think it through, through pure linear logic, statistics, statistical analysis, a knowledge of history, etc., etc., it brings you to the place of we're going to be defeated, there's no hope, and People give in to despair, which is what the globalist elite want, and it's what the demonic realm wants. God does not want you to give yourself over to despair. God wants you to understand that the battle we're fighting is not just a natural battle. The globalist elite, the Luciferians, they understand this on a level Christians, conservatives, and the average person does not understand. So, if you want to see breakthrough and victories and overcoming, not only in your life, the life of your family, your children, your grandchildren, etc, your community, but also in your nation and your world, you can't enter the battlefield and simply rely on humanistic power, wisdom, knowledge, um, offensive, defensive measures. If you go into the battlefield, and and your expectation is that you can win the battle by relying purely on human strength, logic, and wisdom, and power, and human resources, you are, you are going to 100% of the time be utterly defeated, crushed, and enslaved by the Luciferian elite. That's the way that dynamic plays out. God warns about the danger of playing the warfare using that dynamic. He warns about it From Genesis to Revelation, over and over again, God warns us and teaches us and instructs us from His Word the only ways that we can be victorious in this great battle and be real overcomers and win and not be slaves and set ourselves free and accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. The only way that can happen is when we obey what God is saying. So, what God is saying is simply this for our fight is not against flesh and blood but against the principalities, against the powers, against the unseen uh, forces of darkness in heavenly places, which are fallen angels and demons. So what, what the Apostle Paul is saying is the real battle is in the invisible realm, the spiritual world or another dimension. Another way of saying it is the real battle is supernatural. So unless we learn to use supernatural or spiritual weapons, we can't win the battle, because that's the kind of weapon that they're using. It's just their Concealing it from the masses. That's why they have secret societies, to conceal their occult knowledge, but also to conceal their wealth. So, the way you win the warfare is by understanding that the primary battlefield is in the invisible realm, the spiritual dimension or the spiritual world, and that you have to use or employ, first by understanding and acquiring the knowledge of how you use these spiritual weapons then developing the ability to use the spiritual weapons with skill, and then actually use spiritual weapons in what, in reality, is a spiritual war that's, that's primarily occurring in a spiritual dimension. So you have to use spiritual weapons. And those spiritual weapons are the things that the Bible teaches from Genesis to Revelation. And there are certain p- themes that are repeated, so exa- for example, if you want to know whether or not you're relying on human strength, willpower, and resources, you simply ask yourself, "Am I worshiping idols in my life uh, in addition to worshiping Jesus Christ, am, am, am I worshiping idols? Do I secretly have idols in my life? And if you discover that you have idols in your life, and idols may be things like worshiping the gods of personal peace, prosperity or um The idol of secular knowledge, the idol of secular humanism, the idol of science, the idols of rationalism and reason and logic, not that they're good, but they're not gods, or a humanistic worldview, or the whole philosophy of humanism would be an idol, a demonic idol. And Deuteronomy 28 says, as long as you're worshiping those idols, then you're going to be a slave and go into captivity and you're going to short-circuit the blessing of God. So in Deuteronomy 28, the price tag for worshiping idols is all the curses of Deuteronomy 28 come upon you and the land that you're in. Conversely, if if you are truly seeking God and not worshiping idols, if God is truly your source, and you're continually going to your source, and if you hold the Word of God in proper perspective, which means you believe the Word of God is the Word of God, and you treat it as such, it's your final authority in all things, then you are not being idolatrous, and you're doing what God wants. You're worshiping the true God only, you're not worshiping idols, and you're getting your guidance and knowledge and wisdom from the Word of God, the written Word of God, which promises you a blessing. And so all the blessings of Deuteronomy 28, which would include wisdom and power money and resources and everything else, those doors begin to open. And if you continue to be faithful and to continue to operate your life within the parameters of God's instructions about not worshiping idols and and holding His Word, the Word of God, in its proper place and authority, if you continue on walking with the Lord obediently in that that manner, you will open up all kinds of doors of power, resources, and wisdom on a supernatural level. Because when you read Deuteronomy 28, the blessings and curses, remember, blessings and curses come from a supernatural or spiritual world. They're not purely the result of hard work or diligence. As admirable as that may be, if you want to take it to another level, that's the supernatural level, um, being blessed by God is receiving a supernatural infusion of his power and his wealth and his protection and his wisdom into your life. So the supernatural is the ultimate arena, the ultimate battlefield, that the purpose of erecting the matrix, listen to me carefully, you need to watch my video, The American Matrix, it's free, and then sign up to my e-blast, my social media, they're all there at ballmcguire.us. The American Matrix, and I have a book, Conquering the Matrix, too, on discount. The American Matrix, you need to see the video, it's free. But the reason they construct a matrix, the reason they have constructed an American matrix, the purpose of the American matrix is to function as a virtual world or an artificial reality or to function as an endless infinite maze where people enter the maze or the matrix and then get lost in the matrix or the maze and wander around hopelessly confused and dazed and disconnected from reality. They're lost in the maze or lost in the matrix until they finally drop dead. So the matrix is designed to be a maze-like trap. Now, if you're walking in the Word of God and you're taking advantage of God's supernatural resources, you can overcome the maze and the matrix, and the Holy Spirit will lead you out of the confusion of the matrix, and you'll find truth which sets you free. So, I need you to—we're at war, man. We're in a technological, scientific, supernatural war that includes not only the battlefields in the physical realm, but the war that we are in and have been in for a long time is also a supernatural war that is taking place in the spiritual dimension or the invisible world. So we're in a war of technology. We're in a war of the battle of ideas, truth versus non-truth. This is a war that involves psychic weapons, remote viewing, ESP, witchcraft, Satanism, spells. But on the other side, it involves, if God's people will simply believe his word by faith, it involves the acquisition and reception of supernatural power known as power from on high, supernatural wisdom, the supernatural nature of the angelic armies of God, the supernatural nature of uh, God's technology or the chariots of fire. Remember, God has an enormous array of the highest level technology. It's just that people are blinded from seeing it. And when we learn, learn how to integrate the technology of God with wisdom and true science, then we develop the skill set, we develop the knowledge, we develop the technology that we are no longer, what we do is we undergo, this is what God wants, and I need your help in making it happen. I need to challenge you to think on a level higher than you ever have in your entire life, and you will find out that the blessing from that will spill over to every area of your personal life, your family life, and your children's life. So the bottom line is, The way that we win this war right now, this last day's war, is we must obey the Bible and believe the Bible. It is only when you're in a state of belief of the Bible that you stop worshiping idols. The minute you stop believing in all the Bible promises and says, the minute you stop believing that, you just change belief systems, and you become an idolater, and you're now worshiping idols, such as human strength and human wisdom. So if you want to forsake worshiping idols and be a recipient of the blessings of Deuteronomy 28, you have to forsake the idols, and now you're going to worship God's wisdom, God's power, and God's truth on a supernatural level. So now God is on the precipice, and he is trying to to use different elements to open people's minds and hearts to fresh truth and fresh power and fresh wisdom that will heal, save, and deliver the real body of Christ in America and around the world. And the way this happens is is that God is telling us from many different sources that he wants us to step up our game. He wants us to uh, be clothed with power from on high, to receive power from on high, which is the power of the Holy Spirit on an incredibly powerful level. He wants us to supernaturally receive the wisdom of God. And when we have the wisdom of God, we can develop the strategies, the technologies, the abilities, the timing, and understand how to wage spiritual war on a multiplicity of levels. Because God did not create his people or anybody in the human race listen to me, God did not create any of us to be the slaves of Luciferians and have our rights, our privileges and our blessings stolen by the evil one, and be sold into slavery by the evil one. That is not the will of God. That happens through disobedience and worshiping idols. So we repent of disobedience and worshiping idols. We can, by faith, we can regain to whatever degree God allows us. We can regain the supernatural power from on high, the wisdom of God, the prosperity of God, the blessing of God, and the evangelism of God, we can reg- regain that heritage that was deposited in early America by the pilgrims and Puritans. We can regain that. And to whatever degree or percentage God allows us to, to we can recapture that land of promise. And remember, with God, uh, only 1% or 4% or 20% of the people, if they get in sync with God, they can change the direction of human history to whatever degree that God will allow. But right now, we need a powerful revival to shake up the status quo and a discharge of spiritual energy on the level of the dunamis dynamite power of God. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us, spread the word, stand with us, and together we will take the land.